This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. A powerful earthquake hit Morocco over the weekend, and the death toll has already climbed above 2,100 people. While the search and rescue operation continues, we'll talk about how vulnerable Morocco was to this kind of natural disaster, and we'll also go over what can and has been done to mitigate for earthquake risks around the world. Squish Shortcuts is your backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. The earthquake hit Morocco on Friday night, their time, which was Saturday morning for us here in Australia. And it was a big one, Claire. The US Geological Survey said the quake was at least a 6.8, although Morocco's seismologists say it could be even higher than that. Yeah, but even at 6.8 magnitude, that makes it the biggest earthquake to hit the region in over a century. There are some reports saying that it's the most powerful quake in 120 years. And over the weekend, that powerful earthquake saw the death toll rise quickly from the hundreds to over 1,000 on Saturday, then to over 2,000 on Sunday and 2,100 on Monday. And that number is still expected to climb. And the scenes of this earthquake are reminiscent of the massive earthquakes in February that hit Turkey and Syria. The death toll there continued to climb for a matter of weeks as they continued to try and rescue people. And in that disaster, though, the death toll ended up at nearly 60,000 people. So that earthquake across Turkey and Syria, that was a magnitude 7.8, which was bigger than Morocco's earthquake over the weekend just gone. But the thing that really determines how damaging an earthquake is, is not so much the magnitude, but where it strikes and what kind of buildings are near the epicentre. Yeah, buildings are a big one and population centres. And an earthquake that hits a densely populated region is going to put more people at risk, of course. But One of the things that we saw in that deadly Turkey-Syria disaster is an earthquake that strikes populated rural areas can also cause enormous devastation. Yes, and that's because the main thing that determines the damage caused by an earthquake are the buildings, are the buildings in the area built to withstand an earthquake. And what we saw in Turkey earlier in the year and what experts in Morocco say we're seeing now is that buildings in rural locations are just not built with earthquakes in mind. No, and Morocco did introduce new regulations in 2011 to make buildings more safe in the event of an earthquake. But as to whether those regulations have been implemented, that's another question altogether. And according to those local experts in Morocco, that implementation is least likely to have happened in rural areas because... For one, there are fewer inspectors outside of cities, builders are less likely to use reinforced steel or reinforced concrete and instead use cheap material. And in reading about this, I saw one architect say that the way that second stories are often added to buildings in rural Morocco is to simply put a slab of concrete on top of mud brick walls, which aren't reinforced. So if those walls collapse, the slab of concrete just falls straight down. Yeah, and it seems that there are many examples of that from what they're seeing. And so far, it's clear that the largest concentration of victims is in the Al Hals region. Um, That's a rural area that's south of the city of Marrakesh, and it's a very poor region. Building safety there is a big factor in their high death toll. And Claire, you just mentioned Marrakesh, which is an ancient city in Morocco that has around a million people living in it. 
It was about 70 kilometres from the epicentre of the earthquake. Yeah, and there's also lots of reporting to come from there and lots more to go. Uh, But when it comes to Marrakesh, there is a high death toll there and some of the historic structures in the city were also damaged. But just how bad the damage actually is across the city is yet to be revealed. Next up, let's look at the region and its risk when it comes to earthquakes and what can be done to guard against earthquake damage in the future. So Claire, Morocco is a country right at the top of the continent of Africa. It's actually just across the water from Spain, and that is also right where two tectonic plates meet. And Alex, we're going back to the science days of primary school and early high school for a moment, Um, but the tectonic plates are that layer, the top layer of the Earth's crust. They're like big bits of rock that sit underneath the surface of the earth, just as we see it anyway, and these tectonic plates move. Exactly, and there are seven major tectonic plates on the crust of the earth, and they move a couple of millimetres to a couple of centimetres per year, which might not sound like a lot, but where these tectonic plates meet and move and rub against each other, these are the areas that are most in danger of earthquakes. Yeah, and without getting into all of the technical details, when the plates move suddenly, that's when it creates an earthquake. And roughly speaking, Africa sits on its own tectonic plate, Europe is on its own tectonic plate, and those two meet just above Morocco. Now, the tectonic plates in this region are actually relatively slow moving. They move about four to six millimetres per year. Yeah, and one thing that slow movement means is that earthquakes are relatively infrequent and that certainly is the case in that region. So fewer earthquakes sounds good but one thing that it does mean is that with fewer earthquakes the people in the region are less prepared when one does hit. Having said that, it isn't like Morocco hasn't had earthquakes before. In 1960, there was an earthquake in the seaside town of Agadir, which was actually less intense in terms of magnitude than the earthquake we've just seen. But it killed between 12 and 15,000 people. Yeah, and one of the things that was identified as a cause of so much death there in that earthquake was... The buildings in the region had been done without much consideration for earthquakes. And unfortunately, where there are huge fatalities from earthquakes, that poor building construction that we mentioned before usually is somewhere in the mix. So, for example, when there was an earthquake in Haiti in 2010, it killed more than 220,000 people. And much of that was attributed to poor building codes on the island. Yeah, that is a very big example. And Japan is also on a fault line. Uh, After an earthquake killed thousands of people in the 1990s, the country put a lot of effort into improving its buildings. And those improvements have saved lives in the decades since, as earthquakes continue to hit that region. We have already mentioned the devastating earthquake in Turkey and Syria with nearly 60,000 people dead. In the months since that hit in February, a lot of those deaths have been blamed on poorly enforced building codes in the area. Yep, and it's still very early days when it comes to Morocco, but it does seem that there is a similar story there. Uh, The country did have regulations that were designed to make buildings earthquake-proof, but those standards certainly haven't been enforced in the places where they seem to have been needed. And Claire, because it is impossible to predict when an earthquake will strike, when and where... 
In the short term, earthquake safety is all about buildings. So as Morocco rebuilds, enforcing those building codes is the only thing that's going to help prevent future catastrophic damage. And that is your squeeze shortcut on the earthquake in Morocco. If you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. Thank you so much for listening and until next time.